This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh, live with the most beautiful girl in Texas, and we're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions, Bible questions, questions about relationships, things going on in your lives. Ladies, this is a day that we set aside especially for you. Uh, Normally it's the men who butt in, but that's okay. And all you need to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send them to us that way. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be able to do everything else hands-free as we connect you directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, baby. What's going on? You know, I'm not sure you know, how to even start this this program today other than God bless the people out there and uh, you know how we've been talking, uh, sharing with some of the people when we go places who don't speak English? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Today I figured it out. I said, and where's my phone? Because she made ding, ding. Hey, Siri. And then I asked her the question, can she interpret or translate what I want to say to the people I'm talking to in Chinese. In this case, in Mandarin, yeah. Siri came through today, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you were talking about Shaniqua Sunday, but Siri, <laughs> Siri seriously came through for me today. It was sweet. So now that I know that, I'm going to be practicing. And because, you know, we want everybody to be saved. What if they're the last two that need to be saved? So. Well, Paul, 90% of our audience doesn't get the Shaniqua reference because they're not here at church or listening to me. Well, they should be. <laughs> but that's well, the way okay. it is. So explain the Shaniqua thing. Well, actually, you're the teacher, Pastor Ron, but what one of my friends said that when Pastor Ron mentioned Shaniqua and then he tried to <laughs> to do something like Shaniqua, it just, we knew what he meant, but he should have just given you the microphone. So anyway, yeah, so... Uh, when I'm driving, you know, and I do all the driving, but I have this English-speaking woman in my car and an English, not an English person, but an English-speaking person sitting next to me who doesn't drive, but <laughs> they both try to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, anyway, as, as I'm trying to, you know, follow the, the directions, and I have the English-speaking man in my car who will sometimes tell me, I know where we're going, just keep going. I expect... They give you the wrong direction sometimes. They make it, make it more difficult. Well, anyway, he was talking. That's what... <laughs> you see what I'm going through? You see what I'm saying right there, everybody? Pray for me. But anyway, I want the, the GPS lady that says, hey, didn't I tell you to turn right there? I told you turn right at 1,000 feet turn right at 200 feet, and now turn right so I can do the ding-ding. But no, you're going to go ahead and go through. <laughs> I'm going to take this car over to the side of the road, and you will never drive again. Get out my car. That's Shaniqua. <laughs> That's Shaniqua. Mm-hmm. And Shaniqua is way too much like Mama Paula can be, so I have to, me and Shaniqua, we have to have conversations sometimes like, 
uh, excuse me, Shaniqua, but uh, we're supposed to be compassionate, slow to anger, you know. And, and Shaniqua was like, huh, I'm a car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a car. I'm not a Christian like you, so get out yeah. of my car. <laughs> yeah. Then you shouldn't have asked me for help in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I should be asking the Lord to help me, huh? Well, for, <laughs> for, for the audience, I use that as an illustration in our Bible study this past Sunday from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, in, in the first five verses, Paul calls it the, 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 I call it the kiss section, where mm. Paul is basically saying, keep it simple. Yeah. And, and, and he said, I've, I've purposed to, to preach Christ and him crucified and to know nothing else. And he doesn't want to get in the way of the message. So that was a way to talk about um, the interruptions that we have and the, 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 the fact that we don't listen. Sometimes they're very simple instructions. Mm-hmm. So that was Shaniqua. That was Shaniqua. And we've gone several places where Shaniqua has helped us, if we would listen, <laughs> to avoid traffic jams or construction or whatever. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm serious. I want, I want, and she might sound like Lachelle or Michi, you know, girl. <laughs> I don't even know if you really want to go on over there. Yeah, you know, she might just tell me, you don't need to take that trip, just stay home. But, yeah, so keep it simple, sweetie. You know, you're talking about that. Before you go on, one, go one quick thing. I just want to thank the Lord. Today mm-hmm. is a, a day for us. Um, very special. Pastor Ken was ordained 10 years ago today. Yeah. Um, best decision I ever made as a pastor. Yeah. And um, we're, we're blessed. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how fast time has gone. And, you know, they have four kids. And 10 years ago, Caleb was just a little kid. And now he's... College student. Yeah, they only had two. They only had two. And the, the picture of the ordination, because we had the family on the stage. Yeah. And uh, Caleb looked so little. Like, and Nia looked like Milani now, Milani mm-hmm. baby. You know, oh, so. my goodness. It's gone so fast. But, yeah, talking about um, Sunday and, and Shaniqua, Shaniqua would say, you know, look, we all need to refocus. And we need to refocus every day. Because every day the the radio comes on, the TV comes on, the news. We even got a sample newspaper, and just, in the in the mail, in the mail, mm-hmm. and everything again was about you know the racial impact on our world, the COVID impact, the election impact. I'm like, really, I am about up to me and Shaniqua. We're done. We're just done with this. So I just threw that thing in the trash. You know, I think one of the good things that come out of all of this turmoil in our nation is a whole bunch of Christians are so sick of hearing about all of that stuff that we're going to have all this time to refocus on the Word of God and being in the presence of Jesus. And if we'll do that, who knows what God might do? You know it. You know it. Seriously, He's going to use Siri in Chinese, and the people going to get saved. That's what's going to happen, because I am determined. Okay, speak Chinese. You know Chinese word. Here's one. Here it is. I said, hey, Siri. Oh, I better be quiet. Hey, Siri, tell me how to say hi in Chinese. You know what Siri said? Um, the Mandarin in, uh, interpretation or uh, translation for the word hi is hi. But it's spelled H-A-I. So you got to get the accent in there. Shaniqua would be proud of me. <laughs> Hi, girl. You know, <laughs> you want to get saved? Today's a day. So anyway, you said on Sunday that there are some people that we don't like, or maybe there's some things about some people that we don't like, uh, but we're to love our brothers and sisters. And, you know, uh, Sunday's message, I got texts from everywhere, Pastor Ron, saying, Yes and amen that we are to um, live in unity with one another and stop all this infighting. It's like civil war at church. You know, when you watch the the president, (laughs) when he's talking, half the room will stand up when he says something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other half will be like, arms all crossed. I can't stand him. I wish he showed up. You know, that kind of a thing. Uh, it shouldn't be like that at church. Yeah, and sadly, Paula, in, in a lot of the churches, that's exactly how it's become. You know, if you're not a Republican, then you're not saved. If you're not a Democrat, then you're not saved. Mm-hmm. And and the, the horrible things that we say to one another on Facebook, and I say we in a collective sense because we don't participate. Mm-hmm. But, but the idea is how in the world could we ever explain to Jesus 
that we cut fellowship off from someone because they didn't like the candidate that we liked or because they, they, they had different political views or different views on the response to COVID. Why is it that we forget that we are to love our brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus wants unity in the church, not uniformity. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is, is um, Romans 5.5 5 says, His love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And all we have to do is have enough faith to draw that love out and love people who are different than we are. Mm-hmm. And that way we can celebrate the unity and the diversity in the body. Mm-hmm. And, and we're just as bad as the side that we don't like. You know, we want everybody to think like us or to look like us or to act like us. And, and we, we draw these lines in the sand. And I, I always picture Jesus sort of on his knees going behind us trying to sort of, you know, with his hand keep the, the line away, just mm-hmm. keep brushing the mm-hmm. sand. Mm-hmm. But but we keep drawing those lines back, mm-hmm. and we're embarrassing him yeah. in the process. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of wonder, because um, Jesus, Jesus, hello, everybody, Jesus is a Jew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And some people don't want to have anything to do with Jewish people, but Jesus is not white. He's not black. He's a Jew. He's not a black Jew. And he's not a blonde. He's not a black Israelite, is he? No, and he's not blonde, blue-eyed, white the, Jew. With a plate on his head. <laughs> well, he's just a Jew. And so hes I think he's real pleased with um, a, a church that's diversified. We got all kinds, all flavors, all size, shapes, economy, numbers, all that stuff. We got all that stuff. And yet we still have division. And we got to work on that. So, work, work, you spell work, R-E-P-E-N-T. That's Repent. the first, yeah. that's the first <laughs> thing we need to do. You know, I think about uh, the differences, and you always talk about the, the doctrinal, what is it, that we have to, we, ha- we have to believe in those, what's the The essentials. Words? The essentials, yes. Okay, so, I can, I can still love somebody who says, you know, we're going to go through the rapture as Christians. I mean, I can still love them. You mean through the Great Tribulation? I mean, Great Tribulation, yeah. I'm sorry, yes. The Great Tribulation. I can still love them. And as we go up in the rapture... <laughs> Say, aren't you happy now? Me or Shanique will be saying, <laughs> yeah. I tried to tell you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I sure did try to tell you, right? <laughs> no. Aren't you glad Jesus, the Jew, didn't take that personal when you was mm-hmm, <laughs> calling him kind of a liar? So anyway, uh, yeah, sometimes I can be kind of... Funny, silly, but the Lord told me a long time ago, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And so um, I hope my spoonful of sugar helps some of the kind of hard swallow things go down easier because we need to straighten up. And you know, Paul, the people that spend all their time arguing on Facebook and, or, or drawing those lines in the sand that I spoke about, um, when this is all over, and January 20th comes and there is a president, whoever it turns out to be, mm-hmm. established, we're not going to have anything to talk about. And we, we, we have Jesus. We, we need to be um, about his business. And, um, you know, the churches that have focused on politics and the churches that, that and, and Christians that have, have uh, made this sort of a life-changing moment, um, what are they going to do and what are they going to say? Mm-hmm. When, in fact, uh, on the other side of this, Jesus is still on his throne saying, okay, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. And because we're so close to his return for his church, uh, we need to be busy about the things that matter. Mm-hmm. And these things don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you asked this question, and, and since not everybody comes to Calvary Chapel San Antonio and our, our facility is very small, so we're not trying to you know, make everybody come here but there's no excuse for not watching online. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the question was asked if, um, if, if there are any idols in your heart, ask God to reveal that. Are there any idols in your heart? And usually the idol in my heart is me. I want what I want when I want it, how I want it, because I'm like Shaniqua. And seriously, that's the idol. And um, to remember that he's coming soon. He's coming soon, and, and will he find faith on this earth? Will he find faith in me? Will I be trusting him that for God so loved the 
whole world that he gave his one and only son. And so if the whole world is what Jesus loves, my heart needs to be right there with him. You know, Paula, when, when you um, were praying for me, um, the, the, kind of the turning point, I think, as your journals describe it, as you've described it in the past, <clears throat> the, the whole turning point was, was the Lord asking you, um, will you love Ron because I love him? Um, and will you hate divorce because I hate divorce? Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there was a moment when you had to really decide. No, 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 it was all day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. And I remember I didn't give him an answer until like 5.30 in the evening because um, my whole life was really going to, it, that that answer that I was going to give to that question that he was asking, I knew my life was going to change more difficult. And so, um, yeah, it was like at 8 o'clock in the morning when I was in my time with him. He asked me that question, and, you know, you kind of get up sometimes and, oh, yeah, i got a clean house now, or, you know, I hear the kids are calling me, or, so, you know, you just get distracted from what God's asking you, but he did not let that question go away from me. It was all day, when you're going to give me an answer kind of a thing. And then he just kind of sat back and waited at about 5.30. And the, the thing was, who is more important, the gift, which will be you, or the gift giver, which is the Lord? Who's on the throne of your heart, Paula? Is it you or is it me? Who has the best plan for your life? Is it you or is it me? Who holds your next breath? He's, and, and he was, it was one of those things like, I'm on, I know you're not going to answer me till 5.30, but, <laughs> but, but really, because I know the answer you're going to give me, I'm going to be patient with you. But he would have known had, had I not wanted to. He could have taken me out at any moment. Mm-hmm. He could have he hit my hip and me limping and remembering mm-hmm that he gave me till 5.30 to give the right answer. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Paula, when, when, uh, just for clarification purposes, in, in the 13 years that you were praying for me, do you remember at what point that was? Uh, was it two years in, five years in, ten years in? Do, do you remember? Um, of this, I hate divorce and I love Ron, that yeah. one? Hmm. When you had to make the choice. Yeah. God brought you to a crossroads. Mm-hmm. He brings all of us to a crossroads mm-hmm. at some point. Do you remember what the timeline was? Yeah, because it was um, uh, 78, 80, like 81, 82. Okay, so that's four or five years in. Yeah, because your mom died December 17, 1989, and it was probably four or five years before that. So, because I definitely remember saying to her, why didn't you tell me this? And this is... You should divorce him, and you and the boys come live with me. Three weeks prior to that is when the Lord said, you know, I want you to love what I love and hate what I hate, right? I was like, what are you going to say now? Me and Shaniqua, <laughs> we get attitude. Um, and that's when he said, no, no, no. I, I love Ron, and I hate divorce. And you say you love me, so you're supposed to kind of go along with what I, what I like. It's like, oh, man. So the reason for asking was that there was a whole lot of years after that mm-hmm. where there was a lot of pain yeah. and a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of times when the enemy was saying, what were you thinking? Why, why did you make that choice? Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point, divorcing me, you could have been a pretty wealthy woman. Mm-hmm. And then you had to watch it all just fritter it away. Yeah. And um, I, I can't imagine how difficult that was uh, battling the spiritual elements as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's true. But now looking back, God is so smart. He knows stuff, you know. And other than you being a jerk, because if you probably, now see, this is, this is the Shaniqua in me coming out. If you would have ever hit me, <laughs> I don't know. We might have still been together, but... You might have just had one broken leg or something. I don't know. <laughs> I had the, the baseball bat Look, I, and the golf club under my bed. One thing, and I don't say this in any boasting, but I've always been smart. Yeah. And I knew from the beginning you could beat me up. <laughs> so so that, that was never going to happen. 
And you know what the the other thing too, the Lord, he, he, before I even got saved, I I knew this already. You know, if you have issues in your marriage, the last people you need to be sharing that with is your family. You know, it's, it, I had a brother. He would have been on my side. Um, I had friends who had bigger brothers. You had my mother. Yeah, your mom. <laughs> she's divorced him. And why, you why, divorced, why, why isn't you know? anybody on my side, Lord? Yeah. And the answer from heaven was, because you're a jerk. Yeah. 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 But. But it worked out okay. Yeah. He, 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 he does miracles. Yeah, when people come to the church and stuff and they've heard our testimony or whatnot and they ask the same question, um, <laughs> how, how, how did you do it? Paula, <laughs> never, we've got five minutes. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any calls or questions, you need any encouragement today, or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Um, Paula, we went to uh, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we, we've done some things there. We've been invited to, to do some stuff there. And in this particular case, it was you and Jocelyn. You were doing a woman's retreat. Mm-hmm. And um, part of they want always people want to hear your testimony. Mm-hmm. And and I remember uh, uh, Elaine, uh, Pastor Elaine, and I were out. Uh, Pastor Ken took us to the to the. Uh, Bombing building, no, the bombing building. Oh, that's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. Just to the museum and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we spent the day out, and I remember when we came back a little early, you were still not done, and so we sort of just waited in the lobby in the foyer, waiting for you to be done. And um, I remember when all the ladies started coming out, they all gave me this dirty look, like <laughs> we know everything about oh, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I just yeah. thought, man, that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. What did she say? Yeah. It's okay. You know what, even even talking about this kind of stuff now, because, you know, back in the day, Pastor Ron, we'd be, we'd be talking about this or somebody would ask me, and the pain of the past would still be there. Now, the forgiveness that has taken place and to see how God has changed, you know, things so much, um, it's, it's almost kind of like funny. And, and fun looking back. Um, so I hope that's an encouragement to some people. You Forgiveness is a real thing. You can, not that you're going to forget it. Um, forgiveness isn't forgetting because the enemy is sure going to bring stuff up. And then uh, a couple of uh, retreats that I've done, the pastor's wife didn't even ask me if I would share my testimony until after my first session. And then she says, uh, uh, you know what? Why don't you share your testimony? And I was like, I don't want to share my testimony. You know, but it's very encouraging to share your testimony because it gives other people hope. And um, you know, sometimes they'll say stuff like, "Well, if if Mama Paula can hang in there, then so can I." And then I have to always follow that up with, um, "My situation may be different than yours. More than likely, it is. I didn't have a husband who was an alcoholic." He wasn't a drug addict, and he never did hit me. Um, And so the Lord calls us to live in peace. So I'm not saying that anybody who's in a bad marriage just needs to hang in there. Um, But what I am saying is if you don't have grounds, um, hang in there because God loves your husband. Yeah, and now we've we've been together for 50 years, and we, we now have more time in Christ than we had in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's a little easier to forget <laughs> all the other stuff mm-hmm. and to, to, to forget the pain mm-hmm. because we actually get to live right in the middle of the blessing of God every single day of our lives. Yeah. And it, it really does change things. It does. And you can feel him smiling. He's like, I knew it was going to be like this. Just think, Paula, going back to your original question, just think if you'd have not agreed with me, where would you be? How different would your life be? He would still love me. He would still love you because God is love anyway. And I would still be saved. But, you know, getting to heaven and then seeing the video of what could have been maybe. Yeah. You know, Paul, we we talk about this from time to time. Um, Had we not said yes to coming to San Antonio, um, you know, this was a place we'd never been and didn't want to come. We didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. And, and, And God clearly gave us a choice. 
I want you to go there. What do you choose? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it was hard for us to leave. Our family, it was hard for us to leave what we knew. Um, um, you know, I was only four years in the Lord when we left California to come here. Um, but imagine what we'd have missed out on had we said no. Or, or chickened out. Mm-hmm. Just, just let fear overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine. Praise the Lord that he's, he created us to be the way we are, and he kind of pushed us over here. We've got 30 minutes left in the Day Day Show. We've got a caller on line one. Paul, if you'll hold on, we'll get to you right at the top of the break. This is the Word to Santa for Life, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't have time to call into the Word to Stand On for Life? No problem. If you've got questions, you can email them to Pastor Ron at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the Date Day Show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Let's go to line one and talk with Paul. Paul, thanks for your patience. You are on the air. Thank you for your testimony. Oh, it my was pleasure. really real, and uh, it makes it makes being a Christian worthwhile to hear <laughs> of others. Thank you, Paul. Um, I do have a question about okay. the original sin of Adam, and I guess it's a question that probably won't know until. I meet God, but if sin is so bad, why did God allow it? Well, Paul, actually, that's not a difficult question to answer. I I mean, emotionally, we get sort of caught up in it, and and we struggle with those things. We, We almost wish God would prevent us from making bad choices and doing horrible things. But the truth is, Adam's love for God would have meant nothing if Adam didn't have a choice. And one of the things that's established in the beginning, actually before Adam, um, he gave Lucifer and, and the, the third of the angels that fell with him, he gave them a choice. So God never commands our love. He offers his love. He does these marvelous things. And then he asks us to respond by making a choice. Do we love him or or, or are we going to rebel against him? And Jesus, you remember, said that if you love me, you will obey me. So when Adam disobeyed, uh, it was a, a choice of his own free will. Um, God didn't stop it or didn't prevent it, because if he did, he would have had to start all over again, uh, because uh, humanity is going to have to make a choice. And we can go all the way to the end of time, at the end of the Great Tribulation, when after a thousand perfect years, um, the world is going to rebel against him all over again. And the problem has always been man, it's always been flesh. And Paul, what God wants us to do is to choose of our own free will to love him, to serve him, and to obey him. And, and it's almost like he's in heaven holding his breath. Now, we know this isn't true because God knows everything. But it's almost like he's in heaven holding his breath saying, what are they going to choose? What are they going to choose? In, in just talking about uh, the choice Paula had to make all those years ago, uh, when God said, I love Ron, uh, I hate divorce. Will you love what I love and hate what I hate? Um, uh, God knew exactly the choice she was going to make, but it was her choice to make. It wasn't forced. And, and and imagine when she said at 5.30, um, okay, Lord, I'm, I choose to love him. Can you imagine the joy that that brought to him? And I think we look at an evil world and we look at all the horrible choices that are being made, especially if we are the ones responsible for making those choices. 
And, and we think, well, God, why didn't you keep me from making that choice? And his answer is simple, because I love you too much to force you. And even in the middle of our choices, remember the great verse in Romans 8 that we all know, for God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And Paul, when you're the called, um, and you know that by being a born-again believer, when you're the, the chosen, then um, you can experience afresh the love of God every day. And I don't know what's behind the question or what the real motive is, but, but if you've done some really awful things, they're covered by the blood of Jesus, completely covered mm-hmm. by the blood of Jesus. And he loves you. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, well, I'm sure glad Paul made the right choice now. Mm-hmm. And, and then your sins are as far from you as east is from west, thrown in the deepest, darkest ocean. And um, while well, the enemy may try to dig them up and condemn you with them, mm-hmm. God says, leave those sins where they are. But that's the original sin. God chose Eve, I mean, sorry, Adam chose Eve instead of choosing God. And that's why the sin is attributed to Adam. Thank you for that, Paul. I appreciate it very, very much. Let me read something. Can I read something? Sure. Uh, Today, Ron and I were talking about Psalm 51 and, you know, David's sin with Bathsheba and all the other things that he did, counting the horses and all that stuff. Anyway, Psalm 51 says this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. And as Pastor Ron was talking to you, it sounds like you're being haunted day and night because of something maybe you once did or something somebody did to you. Um, the Lord wants to purify you. And verse 8, this is what I've been praying because I'm like David too. My sin is ever before my eyes. It says that in the NIV. But verse 7 says, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Mm -hmm. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and we know that he doesn't. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Rejoice to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And you can just go to Psalm 51 and read that for yourself, but um, that is a great, great psalm. So, anyway, I hope that helps. Yep. Let's go to our friend Tanya in San Leandro, California. Tanya, thanks for calling. You are on with beautiful. <laughs> go Dodgers is what I've been wanting to yeah. say to you for <laughs> over a week now. Hey, did, did <laughs> you did you happen did coming. you? Did you yes. happen to watch online our, our the Wednesday night service after they won the World Series? I saw your jersey. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw your jersey. Um, no, but I've I, never okay, worn a jersey but, shirt you know, before, but pa- Paula had the home uniform and I had the away uniform. There you go. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I have a. I do have a... Papa, I, it's good to hear from both of y'all, but I want to get some assistance. As you guys know, I volunteer uh, for an online ministry, and um, so now I've got a, a, some folks that... Um, that, that I'm kind of mentoring along the way. And I came across an issue that um, I do have some personal experience with, but not anything to this type of caliber. Uh, we have an email uh, visitor who, um, and it's over weeks that they come and do these courses and they ask kinds of questions, all kinds of questions. And um, one of the questions that one of the folks that I'm working with uh, came across, and it was, it's a, it's a woman and um, she is married. Uh, she had her husband, um, uh, had an affair uh, a couple years ago, and um, they've, you know, he repented, and they've worked toward, um, you know, uh, glorifying God with their marriage. But uh, the email I received was uh, how to get some guidance in the sense that the wife doesn't want to be a nitpicky fault finder, from what I gathered. 
Um, but she's starting to see some questionable behavior on part of the husband, um, you know, uh, watching inappropriate, not, not pornography, but certainly nudity in movies, um, you know, uh, just things that, that make her feel violated again, uh, for lack of better or, or uh, back of better word. And she, her question to the, to my, uh, one of my chat coaches is, is there, and I, this is the word she used, is there an expiration date on when I can, if, cause this is considered, she considers it being unfaithful again, and it opens up the wounds. And when she discusses it with her husband, he gets upset with her because he says, well, now you're throwing it back in my face. You're supposed to forgive me. And here you are again, bringing it back to my face. And she said, well, from what I understand, she said, well, if you weren't watching these things, I wouldn't feel this way. And then his response to her, I believe, was that he is a grown man. And so her question is, is this infidelity? And I haven't responded to the message yet. Um, I thought I would, you know, give you guys a holler. Uh, uh, during this whole time, um, I've been, at, you know, I've been asking her coach to say, hey, you know, encourage her to keep her eyes on Jesus. You know, Jesus is her husband uh, when he's not. But she's bringing up some pretty good questions that, that I really don't uh, have a, a clear answer. And I've been praying about it. How do I answer this? I don't want to give. Um, I know God hates divorce. Um but uh, I, the, the concern is, you know, she, it's like she can't win for losing. When she brings it up, he says, you're throwing it in my face. And she said, well, you're watching a, na a naked woman on television. So um, how do I, maybe you could help me out with some scriptures, Papa, so I can mm -hmm. email back and, and be an encouragement. Thank you, Tanya. I'll, I'll do the best I can. And Paul, I'm sure, has um, a better insight than I do. Let, let me just say, first of all, we need to be realistic. Watching um, a, a movie or TV series or TV show with nudity in it is not cheating. Um, when Jesus said, uh, if, if you look at a woman with lust, then you're guilty of adultery. Um, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, he was raising the stakes. If you want to get to heaven, you've got to be this good. And, and, and what he was doing was raising an impossible standard. So the the, the punishment or the, the penalty for physical cheating, real cheating, and watching something that makes the wife uncomfortable is two completely different things. And, and I would say two things. And, and my counsel would be different for both of them, by the way. If I was sitting with her, I would tell her that, um, that she needs to be able to leave her husband's behavior. I'm, I'm assuming these are believers. He needs to leave, she needs to leave his behavior with Jesus. Jesus, you know this hurts my heart. Um, you know that I can't talk to him. So he belongs to you. Uh, we work through the infidelity. And now, Lord, I want to continue to trust you. Um, God is going to work on his heart, but he's also going to work on hers because maybe she's creating an impossible standard. And whenever I hear a man say, well, I'm a grown man, what, what, what's really happening there is he's feeling emasculated. Because of something he did a couple of years ago, he's feeling like, well, well, I don't have the freedom to be like regular people anymore because you're always going to bring this up. And, and um, um, she needs to be aware of that. She really, this is a time really to trust in, in the work that the Lord has done. Um, and if she's having remorse for not divorcing them or divorcing him when, when she had the opportunity um, then she's got she's to wrestle with Jesus on this. On the other hand, if I was speaking with him, I would tell him, because of what you did, you know how sensitive she is, so stop it. It's just that simple. Because of what she did, or because of what you did, you brought this on, so now you can't blame her for it. And if that sounds like a contradiction, it's just the way Jesus works with each of us as individuals. And, and I think... Uh, um, while this is not grounds for divorce, um, it almost sounds like she's looking for now a loophole. And um, I'd want her to really wrestle with Jesus, make sure that she's just not looking for a way out now. And she's not being unrealistic um, in terms of, of what she expects from her husband. Paula, why don't you take over from here? Actually, uh, with the way you answered on both ends is pretty much what I would say. I, you know, I'm, I'm talking with some people now, ladies. Um, you can't nag your husband to be the spiritual leader in your home. 
you can't nag him to do the right thing. Um, it seems to me that God has built, um, no offense, men to be kind of stubborn, bullheaded. And so the more you try to tell them what you think is right, the harder they are going to fight against you. And so um, I, same thing. I would say uh, she said it before. Now pray. If she's uncomfortable, get in the car, go somewhere, or go in another room or whatever, and pray, 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 and, and let God work. And, and that's what I'm telling other ladies even now. Tanya, I think, I think we forget, and in, in in certainly the, the woman who is hurting, um, it's not her fault she's hurting. I want that to be clear. Mm-hmm. But we forget that this has to be a move of God's spirit. It mm-hmm. can't be a move of the wife. Yeah. You know, because because resentment is going to grow on the other side. Yep. And we watch that all the time. And sometimes women um, with this newfound source of power, you know, the, the, the guilt over the terrible thing the husband did, they'll use that guilt like a bludgeon, like a hammer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what they're forgetting is that... that Apart from a move of God's spirit on this man's heart, yeah. uh, he's not going to change. Yeah. And I say this too, there but for the grace of God go I. We as the whoever the victim is, be glad you're not the one who was the victimizer. Because how would you want that person to treat you? That's, you know, doing to others as you'd have them do unto you. And so what you're saying is is exactly that. You know, be glad that you weren't the one who caused the offense and then be sensitive to how you treat the one who is the offender because the um, Lord says, if you forgive them, I'll forgive you. But if you don't forgive, and it kind of sounds like maybe she hasn't really completely forgiven or something else is going on, but prayer really, really does work and checking our own hearts really does work as well. Yeah, and, and I would add this, Tanya. She is in a position where, um, I, I hope this doesn't sound too mannish, but the greater offense is being committed by her now. Um, she She's using the guilt and her feelings as leverage. Yeah. And um, uh, Jesus said, forgive as, as you have been forgiven by God. Yeah. And that's complete and, and total and Again, I understand the enemy is going to use this. He's going to keep pushing those buttons, and it's going to keep coming up. But but she needs to focus on her. If I was talking to him, I'd say, you need to focus on you. What would God have you do? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the answers are going to be different depending on um, who the Lord is addressing. Yeah. And um, Jesus would say to her, trust me. Yeah. If, if, you, if you trust me, I'll go get him. Mm-hmm. But until you trust me, yep. I'm going to be working on you. Yep. I think we forget that sometimes. Yep. So That's I, why it took, what, 13 years of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling the Lord, look, you need to fix him. And the Lord was like, you know, once I got to that place of, okay, okay I've done my part, Lord, where you kind of think I'm done. And like the Lord said, finally, mm-hmm. it's never been about him. It's always been about you, Paula. And mm-hmm. so... And I would encourage her, Tanya, this way. I would I would let her know that um, when she lets God deal with this issue in her heart, God will very speedily deal with him mm-hmm. so that they can be brought together as, yeah. one, as one in the will of God. Yeah. Good question, Tanya. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we love you very much. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm glad you watched me in my Dodger jersey. <laughs> Three four zero ninety five eighty five. We've got Jeff on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air. I'm finally on date day again. Finally, <laughs> you feel I whole again, I huh? Even caught up. I didn't even catch up with last Friday's date day. And I, I, I got to get caught up with that one. Hey, yeah, yeah. Give me, Hi, Jeff. Give me back my joy. Give me back my <laughs> yeah. date day. Yeah. You're so well, cute. I love. I love that. Um, well, let me say, Pastor Ron, on Tuesday, I don't know if you remember the calls you got. There was this one gentleman, James, that has been calling you pretty recently new with really very good questions. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to comment to you on, I just, boy, I just sensed your pastor's heart on those calls on Tuesday. You know, there, mm-hmm. there, there are times when there's just, you know, a lot of theology, but then there's times when you just have to, 
you know, preach love and preach Jesus. And, and Tuesday was just one of those kind of, man, it just melted. Just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, um, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I don't know if you've acknowledged the passing of uh, uh, Bishop Pastor Harry Jackson. I don't know if no, you talked about him at all. No, I didn't know. Um, okay, yeah, he, he passed away the day before yesterday. He was 67. And they they haven't said said what happened, but he had had throat cancer about five or six years ago, and uh, continued to recover from that and continue to preach. And I, I really can't say that I know about him theologically, other than he's Pentecostal. But he was he was uh, he was a worker, and he was very conservative when it came to like those high level moral issues, and he really fought. Uh, to derail the same-sex marriage, especially in Washington, D.C. Uh, he, he's been calling the whole thing the Armageddon of marriage. Hmm. Um, and Tony, Tony Evans spoke about him, said that he was socially conscious when it came to like, the equity across racial and class lines. And it just, just, it just broke my heart because, you know, he's, his work is complete. He's with Jesus now. Where else would he want to be or any of us want to be? But you just see someone that's a fighter uh, and, and really, you know, being strong for the church in the way that we need to be strong. People are worried, worried about the politics. God's not worried about the politics. He's worried about the church. They're not worried. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's more concerned about the church than he is about politics. And who are we being as a church? And he was just one of those that was really fighting up until the end. So we'll miss him. Yeah, yeah I understand he, he lost his wife a little over a year ago as well mm-hmm. um, to to uh, blood cancer as well. So, well, tough loss. I'm not yeah. that familiar with his um, ministry, but uh, I will I will do some investigation. You know, the Lord says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And, and uh, he is home to his reward. So, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it very, very much. I did not know big that. Big hug to you both, and a big hug Good. to Shaniqua too. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, she said thank you very much, man. Stop, stop it. <laughs> well, Paula, we're we're now just a little over four minutes left in the program. So, why don't you share your heart, whatever is on it? Well, you know, you said the other day. And we say this all the time. It's hard to come to Calvary Chapel San Antonio if you're not serious about the Lord. And so it sounds like maybe Pastor or Bishop Harry was kind of the same in in that way. No politics. But um, you said this. You said uh, sharing Jesus' cross is difficult, sometimes uncomfortable. And I said it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be. It should be uncomfortable if you're not saved. You know, there's a whole lot of people that... They come to church all the time, come to church on Sunday because that's the thing to do. But then the rest of the week, they're living their life like they shouldn't. Um, so it should be uncomfortable. And if as a believer, we keep coming to church, you know, just went out to the bar and had sex with somebody we're not married to on Saturday. But then we come to church and everything's OK. Go to work on Monday and, we, you know, we're telling the dirty stories by the drinking fountain or we're sharing stuff online with people we're not married to and, you know, just talking all kind of trash. But we still come to church. I love coming to Calvary Chapel San Antonio. You know why? I love conviction. (laughs) I know that's a sickness. No, people think you're weird, but it's really a good thing. But I want to know what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, we all have that conscience, but to hear it sometimes, and you can hear that still, small voice say, you know I'm talking to you right now. I love that. And so, um, yeah, it should be hard to come to church. And if it's not hard at the church you go to because they're telling you all the good stuff that you want to hear, like God loves you no matter what. And he does. But it's not that no matter what. He loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you the way you are. And so, you know, I, I, I'm dealing with a young girl now. Oh, I've been a Christian a long time. So why are you pregnant and you're not married? And we all make mistakes. That's not the thing. But there's no repentance. Yeah. 
And so, um, and so many times, it's just the same mistake over and over and over. Yeah. And we like we like to hear mistake rather than sin. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's kind of what's on my heart, and um, I know that's probably a Shaniqua moment too, because she said we need to refocus, we need to recalibrate, and as Christians, we all need to stand up and not be politically correct. Possibly, um, we need to be thicker skinned, soft hearts, because. I mean, I'm talking to her, and my heart is breaking. At the same time, I'm still telling her the truth. No, when you want to talk to me about a real relationship with Jesus, then you let me know. Because right now, I'm, I'm not going to be pretending with you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really cruel, Paula, to leave people um, in, a, in a place where they can rationalize doing wrong. And they want us to put arms around and tell them, oh, baby, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But we, we sometimes we've got to tell them, you know, it's not going to be okay. It's not going to be okay at all. We got about 30 seconds, Paul. Well, you know, I was laughing again because um, forgiveness, that's my favorite thing. And um, if we're going to have unity in the body, forgiveness is a good place to start. So forgive yourself if you've messed up. Forgive others that they've messed up against you. And let's get busy <laughs> about the work of Jesus Christ again. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of the Word to Send Him for Life. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630. The Word, Lord willing, I'll be back. And we appreciate your calls. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you next day, tomorrow, Friday. I don't know what day it is. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.